In today's live stream, we're going to be talking all about that band-like pain across your lower back. So welcome to the channel. If you haven't joined us before, please do consider subscribing to our live streams. We go live every single weekday. Today, we're gonna be talking about that band-like pain across your lower back, what it is, what's causing it, and how we can help it. We've got a few drawings on the board to aid the live stream as well. So hopefully you guys are gonna find it really, really interesting. As always, we've got Lara the other side of the camera, so please do get your questions away in for the Q&A section at the end of the live stream. Every single weekday, we do these Q&As at the end of the topic, so get your questions in as we're going through the main uh, the main video today, the main area, the main topic, and uh, we'll get to those Q&A videos, uh, Q&A answers at the end. Let's get into today's live stream. So band-like pain and the lower back. Um, it's a really, really common one. I'm gonna talk a little bit about what's causing it today um, and a little bit with the, with the sort of the more degenerative spine. Someone who's had sort of back pain for a long period of time, maybe we've got some degenerative discs uh, in the lower lumbar spine. Why are you maybe a little bit more likely to feel this? What is it that you're feeling in the lower back? What is causing it? And then really getting to the more productive, the more proactive part of the live stream, which is gonna be the what to do and why. And just a few considerations as well for the long term as well, which is really really important and that way you can get around these sorts of issues and mean they don't give you trouble and also it's worth bearing in mind it is okay sometimes to feel a little bit of pain in this area if we've done something uh, you know say we've been in the garden for an extended period of time your lower back those muscles generally are going to be a little bit achy. It's when it starts to become a more consistent feature in our day-to-day -day life for no apparent reason that we start to be a little bit more concerned and need to do something more proactively to deal with it. So first and foremost, where is it? A lot of people get confused. We hear when we see patients in the clinic talking about this area, is it the coccyx, is it the sacrum, etc.? Where is it generally? Well, when it's gestured on the patient, they always it's always the same sort of region, very, very common. And a lot of people do get this sometimes as the initial symptom it's just that band like ache or pain at the lower back and often it does start out as an ache which is why it's commonly going to be misdiagnosed as just muscle spasm don't worry about it it'll go away give it six weeks rest and and don't come back kind of thing which is all too often the, the sort of the medication if you will now it's down in this lower lumbar region so again you'll forgive my expert drawing abilities uh, but we've got the three, four, five lumbar vertebras, the lower lumbar spine. It's four, five, and five S one, which is reference to the discs in here. Those are the ones that we most commonly injure um, in the lumbar spine, mainly because that's where we should have the curve. It's the area that suffers most as we lose that curve, and it's the area that's compressed most as we're sitting, for example, especially if we're sitting badly. And that band-like pain normally straps across this region, maybe a touch higher, but I've outlined it in this in, in red here. That's generally where it is, and it goes across there, sometimes in the region that a belt might be, which would be sort of the top part, sometimes a touch lower, which comes down to encompass sort of part of the sacrum as well. But that's where it is. And there's a lot of structures in that area, but all too often it's going to be, the, the, the cause of this is going to be that irritation of these lower lumbar segments, sometimes four, sometimes five. Now, without boring you guys with the anatomy or too much of the anatomy, sometimes the four and five are a little bit deeper set in the pelvic girdle, and this is just normal variations from one person to the other. So it's normally gonna be a four or five, uh, four, five or five S1 disc injury or segmental injury that is causing you the pain in this region. And it's generally going to be a buildup of inflammation. It's not so much the disc bulge or herniation that causes that uh, as an example. It's gonna be that low grade buildup of inflammation 
in an enclosed space and we've touched on this before that build of information gives you that sort of non-specific sort of achiness across that lower back that might build up with activity it might be there when you finish activity and you kind of sit down to rest it starts to build up or maybe during your office hours when you're working maybe from home or from your desk it starts to build up in that region that strap like pain across the top and what is that that's your body telling you hey you're putting pressure on something and I don't like it. A little bit of inflammation building up, irritating some of those nerves, a pressure buildup, so to speak. Can you please move? Can you move out of the way? Can you get into a different position? Now, you'll kind of experience this similarly if you're sat in a funny position. You're leaning maybe on your elbow for a long period of time or sat on a chair in the same position for extended periods. You start to get a bit of discomfort locally in that point that's in contact with the other surface and your body goes, hey, you need to move now. Fidget. And if you take this to the extreme, you see things like bed sores when people are you know, in hospital for extended periods unable to move, that consistent pressure on that same point leads to things like bed sores where the, the pressure is just on that point for so long, it creates inflammation. Now, when this is happening in your lower back, we get that achy sensation and that's really where this is going to come from. And it does tend to be more of a chronic picture. You don't tend to get a acute ache in that area it tends to be something that is more low grade and persistent for an extended period of time which is unfortunately why so many people do disregard this or just go along with it oh maybe it's a muscle i'll stretch it out now that brings me to the next point of wanting to stretch this out you instinctively know that there's pressure building up there so there's that need to want to stretch what should I do? I saw a question, in, um, I think somewhere in, in either the Back in Shape group or or somewhere on, on one of our YouTube channel, on the YouTube channel videos about sort of well, what should I do if I'm getting this tension building up and I want to stretch it in that area? Well, that's what we'll get into a little bit later, but don't just start stretching forwards. We've discussed this time and time again, that forward stretch is what you feel like you want to do to unload the area, when in actual fact, we want to look at things like the towel exercise, things like the lower body stretching, etc., to really deal with this more effectively. Now, unfortunately, this can be a more difficult to manage feature. So we've discussed sort of the more acute injury or the more, uh, there's less degeneration. So maybe a slightly younger person with these sorts of symptoms. But if you've had them for a little bit longer, maybe you've had an MRI or an X-ray and you've got some degenerative change and your spine looks a little bit more like this, the discs have squashed quite a lot. There's not a lot of space. We've got maybe uh, findings of spondylosis or spondylarthrosis or degenerative disc disease, those sorts of issues. Then this is what your spine's gonna look like. There's a lot less space where that nerve's coming out um, obviously the drawing here is made it a little bit larger than it is in reality in terms of the space where that orange nerve comes out but in that particular scenario maybe in your L5S1 segment that's a bit degenerated we have less space to occupy before this nerve starts to get irritated the disc is squashed down it's not separating the vertebra as well as they should be so there's just less space there so a relatively minor tweak or strain to some of the soft tissue structures around here will more likely build up inflammation to a critical mass to lead to the pressure in this area giving you that symptom of aching so it's something that you will suffer a little bit faster than maybe someone who's a little bit younger or got a little bit more healthy segments for the same age. So it's worth bearing that in mind if you do have that degenerative disc disease side of things that can lead to this sort of aching and throbbing across the lower back being a more common or easy to get feature uh, than, than others. Now, the advice here and the guidance here is exactly the same, whether it, whether you're a young person with a more severe injury that's leading to this symptoms, these symptoms, or whether you've got more degenerative change in your spine and that's, you know, minor things are kicking it off and you're getting that aching and it's just really bothersome and, and, and troublesome.
What do we do? Well, we want to first and foremost go back to that instinctive sensation of wanting to stretch, wanting to take it off, take the pressure off that area and stretch things out because there is a certain bit of truth to that. Uh, we want to unload the area, but it's how we choose to do that. If we choose to do that by pressing down on here and stretching here to open this area out, then that's going to lead to further trouble, especially in the younger person who's got compression through those discs already and maybe there's a little bit more um, disc to go, so to speak. So we want to be very mindful of doing those sorts of things, especially in the more healthy segment overall with less degenerative change. We want to move to exercises like the towel. This is why we recommend this particular exercise so frequently. And if you haven't seen it or don't know how to do it, then head over to backinshapeup.com because that's part of the phase one routines. It's a very, very important exercise because what the towel does is uniformly take pressure off the whole thing in a gentle and subtle way to make this space slightly larger and unload the discs at the same time. So we're taking pressure off the injured structure as well as making a little bit more space for that nerve to exit so that we take the pressure off the nerve as well. So both of those things in combination can really, really help. Then we also have, what do we do to reduce the inflammation? We've said here, especially in the more degenerative case of, uh, of, of sort of spinal stenosis caused by degenerative disc disease, we want to reduce the inflammation here or get a better handle on it. Now, we're not particularly keen on people taking medications and those sorts of things with these sorts of issues because it's not specific enough and we've got other complications there. But things like the use of ice can really, really help you here. Using ice sporadically through the day can really help if you're suffering from this aching in the lower back because it just gets a handle on the inflammation here, calms it down a little bit, creates a little bit of vascular shunt through the area when we're not doing the ice for too long. Just, we normally say just three to five minutes at a time, but multiple times a day. That can really help just keep this under control so we never allow the inflammation to build up to excessive levels because you have to remember that a little, inflammation is how we heal. It's just when it's out of control that it starts to become problematic and we can maybe discuss that a little bit more in another live stream. But using the ice will help just keep a handle on the inflammation, especially let's suppose you've been out uh, for, for golf with your friends or you've been to the garden, you've, you've, you've been digging up some potatoes or, or pulling up some beans or whatever it may be and you've, you know you've done a little bit more than you should have done. Just preemptively getting that ice on and doing the towel exercise in the reverse order, towel and then ice, can really just help keep control of this so that it doesn't build up to this this aching aching feeling in your lower back so that's a really good little tip and then ultimately we want to get a hand on this for the long term we want to stop tweaking this area in minor ways if we've got more degeneration and we want to keep our spine nice and healthy if we've got a generally healthier spine just with a shorter term injury maybe it's a disc bulge as i mentioned earlier so we want to move on to strengthening based exercises understanding that the best way forwards is to strengthen up and support our spine more effectively so these areas are less vulnerable so that we have a better mechanics through our spine and so that we're bending properly all too often if we don't go through the correct sort of rehab, we don't learn how to bend effectively, we don't learn how to move our hips properly, and we don't have enough flexibility in the hips. So by improving the flexibility in those hip joints and learning to bend properly from the hips rather than the spine, we're gonna preserve this lumbar spine. We're gonna let our hips do most of the heavy lifting when it comes to bending, and our spine can remain in a nice, strong, weight-bearing position rather than be putting precarious positions and as we build up the strength and stability around that spine it protects us more all too often with this in particular when we have that degeneration people tend to shy away from doing physical activities uh, they tend to shy away from doing those strengthening regimes that are necessary now 
if, if, if this is you and you've got some degree of degeneration in the spine, then please don't be shy from doing these sorts of strengthening exercises, the sorts of things that we mentioned in phase two and in phase three. They are possible, they are appropriate, and they are necessary for you. It's just that you may struggle a little bit more to get a handle on the technique but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. We still need to do it because we need to provide more protection for this area here. Take your time, pace yourself. And if we can make a one to 5% improvement every month, then over the course of a year, that makes a big difference. And over the course of many years, that can make a bigger difference because the lower back pain isn't really gonna cut your lifespan down. We still got plenty of life to live. So we do want to consistently work at these things for an extended period of time. And if you're someone that's suffered with back pain for eight, for many years and getting this sort of residual aching all the time, let's put in place a longer term strategy for slowly and surely building up our strength rather than trying to do everything in a week or two weeks or a month and then failing and being disheartened. If we set things out a little bit longer based on the degree of degenerative change we have in our spine, then we can really achieve things an awful lot more effectively. Um, and that's really, really important. So uh, just to sort of recap, guys, before we get into q and if you've got any questions, then do again, post those in the comment section below just so we can get through to those uh, in good order. Don't all post them as soon as I finish because then Lara struggles to read them out for us. First and foremost, what is causing that sort of aching pain? It's gonna be either some sort of injury in this region, the 4-5 or 5-S1 region, or it's gonna be a buildup inflammation as a result of a more minor injury. And it really sits around here. It can be from, you can get it from, from prolonged sitting, you can get it towards the end of the day, which is just a fatigue stress on the spine, or it could be a abnormal activity you've done. Maybe you've gone and played golf, or maybe you've been in the garden for a little bit too long, or been on a long car journey, and that can all lead to inflammation building up in this region here, putting pressure on maybe some of the nerves here, and then you have that instinctive want to take pressure off and relieve that ache, which is off all too often tend sends people down the wrong sort of exercises. Ultimately, what do we wanna do? We wanna take pressure off the spine using the right things, which is exercises like the towel, and using a little bit of ice to periodically control that inflammation three to five minutes at a time. There's much more detail in the backinshapeapp.com website. There'll be a link somewhere underneath here or up in a card um, to that uh, so you can read more about that. And then long-term strategies to deal with this more effectively, we want to strengthen our body up. We need to do it in a sensible, safe and effective way, but build strength so that these tissues, if we've got no other degenerative changes, we wanna build them up so it doesn't happen again and we're stronger. Or if we have degenerative issues, we want to build up and overcompensate for some slightly altered structure in that lower back. And that way we can really get a handle on these things and it doesn't need to be a day in day out concern for no apparent reason, it can be handled properly. So that's pretty much it. Get into Q&A. Okay, Bane, so chronic pain. So generally there's sort of a subacute within the middle, but uh, which is in the middle. But if it's sort of acute, it's gonna be sort of days or so, um, hours, minutes. And as we start to get into chronic, you're talking about weeks on end, so six weeks, 12 weeks, that sort of time frame. Um, there was an interesting thing about, um, it was how the waiting times for a uh, physiotherapy appointment on the NHS were on average six to eight weeks. So if you've been to GP, you've probably waited two or three weeks after the acute injury to get your appointment, and then you're waiting six to eight weeks to get physiotherapy, an acute problem then ends up in a, as a chronic problem when it's finally being treated, which is so much more difficult. That's, well, that's why we put out the, the back in shape, even the phase one, because it means you can start doing stuff straight away rather than waiting six to eight weeks to get some, some help. So um, that's the big difference. There's subacute in the middle, but also you need to bear in mind there's different nuances of this. I would argue personally that it's a chronic problem if you keep re-injuring the same thing. So you might have episodes that last three to six days that resolve, but if you keep having the same episodes, 
in my opinion, that's a chronic issue. That's not an acute issue. And sometimes there's that disconnect in, in, in patients when they come and say, oh, well, I only did this three days ago. Yeah, but you did it three weeks ago and three weeks before that and three weeks before that. So, and you keep injuring the same area. This is actually a different kettle of fish that we're dealing with. It's not something that'll just go away in a few days. We want to try and get to the, the bottom of the problem a little bit more effectively. Okay, awesome. Um, now time for Facebook questions. Alex Sparks has asked a really good one here. She said, when I started with sciatica, the pain became really bad within 10 minutes of standing. A lot better now after time and thanks to shape. Uh, my awesome. recent MRI showed nerve compression quite high up, L2, L3, but previous problems were around L4, L5. Could it all be linked? Um, it has to be linked in so much as when you've injured a lower segment of your lumbar spine, we make adaptive postures, we change the way in which we hold ourselves, and the whole thing is connected to one another. Um, if, you, if you haven't got the sciatica now, that's great. Um, I think that's what she, Alex said, was that right? Pardon? Did Alex say she hasn't got the sciatica now? It's getting a lot better okay. with time and the, and the back and shape program. Good. Um, with regards to the, the upper lumbar spine, it's going to be linked. Um, really pay attention to the posture of you leaning forwards and try and think about a, a line coming through sort of where the bra strap is or just below the bra strap down here, coming up in that direction there to push forwards. Quite often in that particular region, it's a compensatory thing if we're sat for too long. Um, if I just rub this out for you guys, because this is actually really relevant to a lot of people. You may not necessarily have nerve compression or degenerate or significant degeneration in that area, but we do see the upper lumbar spine compen in a compensatory manner suffers quite a lot because people sit for too long so they're sat down on their on their chair here, and then they slouch back like that. And we've all seen it leaning back in that chair. Well, this is going to be the two three region up in the lumbar spine, and we end up squashing down and closing on these, and it just really starts to over over pressure this particular section there. So you want to get that bit up and out forwards in your chest, and that'll help take pressure off those particular segments. Something worth thinking about. Okay. Brilliant. Hope that helps, Alex. Do, you, do have a think about that. It, it, you've got to get your head around it, but it should really help uh, for the long term anyway. Okay. Um, Kate has said here, thanks so much for this one. Uh, with degeneration, doctors tend to put it down to normal aging and that there's nothing that can be done apart from giving you painkillers, which don't help at all. The towel exercise and the ice is brilliant, especially first thing in the morning. Yeah. The, the, please don't get disheartened for, for anyone watching this, maybe watching it after the fact. Um, the degeneration argument is really fundamentally flawed, especially when we have pockets of degeneration. Why, you know, I've just mentioned L2, 3 up here after Alex's comment, um, or it might be L5, S1. If we have these segments are substantially more worn, more degenerate than other segments, we can't put that down to age because the whole thing would be degenerate. Yes, if you've been around on the planet longer, you're more likely to have had things that have been there for longer. But that's not to say that the cause of your problem at 4.5S or 4.5 or L5S1 or L2.3 is down to age. It's down to the length of time you've been excessively putting pressure on a specific structure. Otherwise, the whole of you would be equally degenerated because you're all the same age. So that argument is really quite a cop out and it's just a lack of in my opinion it's a lack of willingness to try and explore things better and better understand the mechanics of your spine and like i've mentioned up here if we're sat with a sway back posture slouching back our bum's not in the back of the chair or maybe up until you came across back in shape your bum's not been in the back of the chair you're going to start wearing through the two three or the one two uh, the upper parts of your lumbar spine and that may not immediately give you a bit of uh, uh, may not immediately give you symptoms up there um but over a period of time, it's going to start to degenerate those structures. So it's more difficult for us to stand up. And then 
because we can't stand up as straight, we start to then, when we stand up, we tip forwards more and that loads the L5S one. So you can see how it all relates to, to one another with regards to these changes. Um, it's very important to note. Okay, um, and then just Cheryl's left a comment here. Let's try to help her. She said, I have this pain 24 seven. It is constant. I do the towel and the ice all the time, but I'm finding it hard to move into phase two. It, it is it is quite difficult for some people to move into phase two, especially if things are constant there. The best thing to do is is really just slowly feed it in. Um, whether that we did a video on the um, dead bugs in particular, because they are a challenging one. Mm. But if we're able to move around on a daily basis, the phase two is going to highlight a few areas that are that are uh, that are weak, that are not strong enough. But if we are loading the dishwasher, if we're able to go down the stairs, or we're, we're doing stuff on a daily basis, albeit with pain, it's better to to start to feed in these exercises because muscle strengthening does take time. It's not the case if you do the exercise, you do your first set of dead bugs on Monday, and by Tuesday you're stronger. It takes consistent work over the course of a couple of weeks to actually build that strength there, build that change. But once you do start to see results, it does become quite, um, quite, quite uh, positive. Um, so I would suggest go in and actually start doing some of them. We did a little video on the dead bugs, as I mentioned, where even if it's just getting lying on your back and getting into the starting position with your legs up and then back down and starting position with your legs up and maybe doing that for three or four reps, that's better than nothing. And I know there's a number of people in the premium that started off just doing one rep of the dead bugs or two reps of the dead bugs and, and uh, all the modified dead bugs. And then they're able now to do the three sets of 10, etc. So sometimes it's just having the confidence to say, do you know what, I know I'm in pain, I'm in pain all the time, but let's start making steps into these exercises to build them up. Um, that's really, really important. Yeah, it'd also be good to know from Cheryl whether she's actually doing the phase one routine in the day as well and how many times in the day because you do recommend that yeah, people three times do a day. it three times a yeah. day in the morning, at lunchtime and yeah. in the evening. And, and, and I know it's not necessarily what, what you guys want to hear, but if we're not able to fit it in and we're only doing it once, then you definitely, there's no reason not to be doing phase two. Because if you're, if you're so busy that you can't oh, do it more, if, if the answer, because I've had this before, right. and this may not be applicable to Cheryl, but it will be applicable to others watching this. If the answer is, oh, well, I can't fit in doing more than once, once a day, but I'm in pain all the time. What are you doing the other time of the day that's making you so busy? And, and that maybe most likely is a perfectly valid reason. But if you're able to be that busy, you know, you're able to do your exercises. And we also see this in the clinic as patients get better, they stop doing their exercises and then we have the risk of relapse. We say, well, why is that? Oh, well, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, I can't fit them in anymore. Yeah. Well, why are you busy? Oh, you're busy because your pain levels have come down and now you're doing lots of bad stuff at work. Well, you need to factor in your good stuff because now you're doing lots and lots of bad stuff and using that as a reason not to have the time when in fact doing lots and lots of bad stuff is a reason to make time to do the good things. So very, very important distinction, which is often uh, the, the wrong way around. Okay, brilliant. Cheryl did say that she is doing the phase one three times a day okay, and the good. towel and the ice uh, more good. if I can. That's really, really Towel and ice is good to do more. Yeah. The other thing But that we need to get it stronger. We, we need to get that area stronger, build up a little bit of support and protection because that's what's going to provide protection essentially going forwards. The other thing that I would recommend, I don't know whether you would too, is the virtual consultation. I'm not sure whether Cheryl's ever done it, but do you mind just telling people a little bit about why the virtual consultation is helpful? You know, yeah, so you the, can see them. And the virtual consultation is there 
to be able to sort of have a little bit more of a long a long discussion on what exactly is going on because uh, these Q&A things really help. I think a lot of people being able to pick up on different things, but sometimes if you are struggling, there's just that little bit more sort of investigative work and, and discussion that needs to be done to just help get you guys over the edge and into uh, onto a little bit of momentum going forwards. Um, a lot of it is, is in, in many cases, is doubt or concern or, or anxiety around going forwards and making that step forwards. But if we can have that discussion properly and deal with some of the reasons we're not doing them, then that can often be quite helpful. And also to just double check a few, a few uh, exercise techniques as well. And that's quite important also. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about technique, uh, Veronica, it's so important. Veronica has said here, uh, what you've said is so true. It is too easy when you're older not to believe that you can actually do these exercises. Yeah. I don't know why that is. It, it, it really is a, a, a belief that I don't know has been thrust upon people. Um, you know, it, it really is it's so false. Um, but by getting the technique right, it is astonishing uh, what you can achieve in a short uh, time frame. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I think um, without getting too off topic, as you go through a period of life, you have kids, etc., and work and everything gets really, really busy. You tend to make less and less time for yourself, um, and that leads you to getting out of the habit of doing things. And then you come to maybe retirement or pre-retirement, kids move out, etc., and now you've got a lot of time, but you haven't done any activity for maybe the last twenty years while your kids are growing up, and you're doing one hundred and one things at the same time. And that's maybe where we lose the confidence. Then you try and get back into something. It doesn't quite work. You hurt yourself. And then we just stop. Whereas if we can try our best to be consistent through time or when we pick it up at a lot in our latter years, we can slowly go into things with a bit of support and, and build confidence slowly. Then we can really build back in exercise in a really positive way. And there's too many examples to mention of people that have just got into doing some rather peculiar level activities in, in, in their senior years, rock climbing, ultra marathons, uh, triathlons people that haven't done it in their formative years and then they get to their 50s, 60s, 70s and even sometimes a little bit older and they start picking up these activities slowly and they're doing all sorts of crazy things not necessarily with a background of high level sport so don't write yourself out it doesn't doesn't write yourself off sorry you can always get into it sometimes it's just a little bit more difficult picking up something that you haven't done for maybe 10 or 20 years okay awesome um, Cheryl's just said thank you I really do hope that helps Cheryl yeah. um, I, just, I, I just kind of feel like um, there's there, there's no reason why the back in shape shouldn't be you yeah. know working for her helping yeah. her and for her to progress through it. So I don't know. I feel like there might be a sticking point there, and you know yeah. maybe Probably. we could just speak with you. We could we could figure it yeah. out. Um, okay. So Kate has said here. I still find the core engagement hard when standing, i.e. doing the squats and the hip flexors. Mm. I can feel it when I'm lying flat, but not Good. when upright. So not sure if it is engaged enough. I think go with the choreography to start with and have and, and sort of have faith. I do find that having your hands on your waist helps quite a bit, um, just so you can feel it. You can feel it with your hands, even if you can't feel it with your brain, so to speak. So that disconnect is something that that a lot of people do struggle with. But again, if you struggled with doing it in the first instance, and now you're feeling it lying down with time, you'll be able to feel it standing up. One thing that does help a lot of people get into the practice of feeling it is any time you're standing. If you're waiting for the kettle to boil, if you're you know in the queue in in the shops, just do that engagement, even with your hands slightly on your wrists, so on your waist. Sorry, so you don't maybe draw too much attention to yourself, and just play around with it and really try and just practice feeling it if we're able to do it lying down we will be able to do it and feel it standing up and it's just a case of practice 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 okay 
Brilliant. I think that is everything for today. Thank you, everybody, awesome. for your questions. Really hope it was helpful. Yes, thanks so much for the questions, guys. Hopefully you found today's video helpful. Hopefully it did uh, shine a little bit of light on this area that often is so so frequently misdiagnosed as sort of just muscle, spas muscle spasm or muscle pain and just to ignore it. There are things that we can do uh, and understanding what is going on is really, really important. Hopefully the Q&A, as Laura says, was helpful for you guys. If you are new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. If you're a regular viewer, make sure you've got the notification bell turned on. That way you get the notification from YouTube or Facebook, whichever platform you're watching these on as to when we go live. We do these live streams every single weekday um, and we always do that Q&A at the end. So if you do know someone who's struggling, needs a little bit of help, a little bit of guidance and maybe you could benefit from the next live stream we're doing, then please do consider sharing this on Facebook or YouTube and they can benefit too. But until tomorrow, have a great afternoon, enjoy yourselves and we will see you tomorrow with another live stream.